Blog Talk Radio. Freedom Day falls 
111 days into 214, uh, 2014 on April 21st. In other words, it takes 111 days longer. Mm -hmm. Say you're 111 days ahead uh, debt-wise. Your debt is, is, is uh, oh, half a year ahead for the federal, federal debt. Okay, Black. Uh, April 21st to, to groups uh, says Americans will have made enough to pay the $3 trillion in federal taxes and $1.5 trillion in state taxes, uh, more than they will spend on food, clothing, and housing combined. Okay. Tax Freedom Day is later than it was last year, Okay, due in large part to the slow economic recovery the tax policy research groups argue. Well, Tax Freedom Day is three days later than last year due mainly to the country's continued slow economic recovery, which is expected to boost tax revenue, especially from the corporate payroll and individual income tax, um, says uh, author Kyle Pomerlow and Lehman Stone. Right? If federal borrowing is included, the group calculated that Tax Freedom Day would fall 15 days later on May 6th. If further broken down by state, residents of high-tax states would see their Tax Freedom Day later than residents of lower-tax states. This means a combination of higher income and higher-tax states celebrate Tax Freedom Day later. Connecticut celebrates on May 9th. New Jersey, May 9th. New York, City uh, in New York, rather, uh, uh, May 4th. The authors write, residents of Louisiana will bear the lowest average tax burden in 2014, with Tax Freedom Day arriving for them on March 30th. Yeah. Also, uh, early are Mississippi, uh, April 2nd, and South Dakota, April 4th. That's because they do absolutely nothing for their residents. Well, Louisiana and... That's, uh, well, that's true, but Connecticut is kind of marginal too, um, but that, you know, what they're saying is you pay, you're, you're paying up until May uh, of this year, if you live in Connecticut, New Jersey, or New York, just for taxes. I realize that. Isn't that amazing? None of it goes to you. I know. So, anyway, to make a long story short. That's well, that's here's an interesting thing. I'm not going to read this whole article, but this just okay. annoys me. Public opposition, this is a quote. Uh, no, it isn't. Public opposition to war doesn't, and this is the quote, invalidate invasion, says war criminal Tony Blair as he claims he saved Iraq from a Syrian-style civil war. He's an egotistical SOB. I'll just read a little bit of this. Tony Blair yesterday said ministers must be prepared to go to war in the future regardless of the level of public opposition. The former prime minister suggested voters do not always understand where Britain's real interests lie and should be ignored if politicians think there is a good case for military intervention. He admitted that ministers should be aware of the need to secure public support for a foreign conflict, conflict. but he says, but in my view, it doesn't invalidate the necessity to intervene because what you've got to, to compare is the fact and the consequences of intervention with the facts and the consequences of non-intervention. What an egotistical yeah, yeah, I mean, Like, he has all the answers for everything. He's got no answers. Some damn guy. politician. It's like, it's like this jerk. Is, this jerk. Um, Cheney. Okay. It is a perfect example. Uh, uh, first Iran, now Cheney wants to uh, give advice on how torture isn't so bad. And well, why don't we it, start with him? Ask Dick Cheney, if you don't think waterboarding is torture, will you agree to be waterboarded? Mm -hmm. And, okay, but the, the funny thing is, is uh, he, drove, he drove a disastrous war in Iraq, okay? Uh, he, number two, he avoided Vietnam with five deferments. Number three, when he did pick up a gun, he shot a friend in the face. Remember that? Yeah. And the media thinks he's qualified to give advice on Iran. Right? That's Dick Cheney, folks. The yeah. former VP. Okay. Uh, God. This is sick to think this guy. 
has any credibility at all. Well, the one thing you know is heartless. Oh, yeah. Literally, too. He does not have a heart. I think he did finally get a transplant. Did he get a transplant? I think he did, yeah. So, anyway. Um, Boy. I don't know if you are familiar with chemtrailing. We've talked about it so often on this show. But uh, there's a, a, a new uh, uh, video out here. Uh, it's on YouTube, actually. It says, Chemtrails are finally proven by a whistleblower. This video, Luke Rodowski talks to U.S. War, uh, U.S. Air Force whistleblower Kristen Megan about her conclusions and observations regarding the U.S. military. Um, regarding connection with chemtrails. And um, the issue of chemtrails has been widely debated among many circles in regarding in popular culture as a conspiracy theory. But with whistleblowers like Kristen Megan coming forward, can it really be, re be regarded a conspiracy theory anymore? All right, so let's go to, uh, let's go to this. Elemental, 
but not in this form and not in this quantity. So how did it get there? So just to clarify, you see these huge storage containers uh, of these chemicals. Then you do the test on the air and soil, and you see these same chemicals in the air and soil now. And that's pretty, pretty much been the main evidence I've seen people who are for chemtrails use, the saying, look at the soil, look at the water, look at all the chemicals in there. And now you're finally the person who's like, wait, I worked in the military, I saw a bunch of these chemicals there. That's crazy. It, it is crazy. I used to think it was crazy. And everyone asks, why are there no pictures? Yeah. Well, I'd like to see you try to take a picture inside of a restricted air hangar, because you'll have an M16 in your back. Yeah. And... Um, the, the hardest part for people to realize is, you know, where are the pilots? Like, there's, there's people who have come forward, but these people are scared. You look at what's happened to whistleblowers. Look at Snowden. Look at Manning. People are scared. And I think because this topic is already labeled a conspiracy theory, I don't think the government necessarily views me as a threat yet. And, um, I mean, I know it's not, not the most safe thing to do, but it's the right thing to yeah. do. It's laughed at. It's, it's, it's made obscure. Uh, but just to bring the point home, the question I have is why are, why are they even chemtrailing? Why is the military and government chemtrailing us? I, I don't know. What's your understanding of it? Well, I don't have anything that can solidify, but I do have my opinions, and that is the history of weather weaponry. I mean, you can take away people's monetary system, you can take away people's rights, but you take their food and you disable their ecosystem, that's the number one way to handicap people. And they've done it since the 40s. It's not new. Also seeing how um, it started out to be a, a government program and then noticing that it is an, a, a way for private corporations to profit off it, whether it's controlling uh, agriculture, uh, you know, profiting. There's certain events, you know, you lose money on if, if it rains. or So knowing that you can kind of predict and control the weather, there's money there. I've also, you know, heard that it could be tied to Agenda 21, but for me, it's not about why. It's just stopping it. It yeah. needs to be stopped. Yeah, and it's called the crazy-ass conspiracy theory. The Chinese are doing it now, openly. They yeah. did it for the Olympics. I mean, they sprayed people. Um, I'm sure you've heard the St. Louis story. They did yeah. biological testing. So if the government is capable of doing that, why is it so hard for people to believe? And I don't know if you've heard about David Keith, but he's actually a geoengineer, Canadian. Uh, he works at Harvard. He just wrote a new book on climate engineering, and inadvertently he's brought more awareness to this because I feel they're getting ready to admit it, and they're trying to sell it to us. You know, it's kind of like they sell vaccines to us, they sell fluoride to us. You know, fluoride is a mining waste product. Well, how can we make that good, you know, put it in your water? So I think that they're trying to now kind of admit it and act like they're going to start doing it, and they've already been doing it. So where's the fight taking you? What's next? Well, my biggest issue that I have been uh, tackling is to wake up other people in my profession. I work for the federal government for 12 years, and uh, it is my line of work. We are the ones that should be going out there calling people out. What is this? I mean, you can't work in my field, which is industrial hygiene. I'm an industrial hygienist and an environmental specialist. So how can you overlook this? You, you cannot deny the evidence. Just do your own testing. It's even gone so far to where labs, stopped running these samples because I think there's pressure on them. So there's only a few labs actually now that we use, but it's just getting other people who have, you know, the average person is great, you know, get excited at your local level, but it's, it's the people that are supposed to be enforcing this on a legal aspect that I've been trying to wake up. Fucking amazing. <laughs> You're awesome, Kristen. Uh, where can people find out more about you? Well, follow me on Twitter because my website is, uh, I had to, actually got hacked, so I'm relaunching it. Just follow me at Kristen Megan, K-R-I-S-T-E-N-M-E-G-H-A-N. <laughs> Pardon me. But I, I suggest that you go to geoengineeringwatch.org. Pardon me, chemtrails. <laughs> because that is the most reputable site. Um, there's a lot of disinformation sites, so that's the best best way to get information and just follow me on Twitter is probably the number one way to reach me. You're amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. There's one more that I, okay. I, I think that we don't have to put it open. It's important to, to play. As, and if they are quit being a captive of the television and start looking and listening to what's going to happen to our country and what's going to happen if we let it keep on like it is. We'll have nothing. We will never say we have to fight the power. Okay. Sometimes these things click on by themselves. This one is uh, 
this one is called uh, Chemtrails to Depopulate. Okay. And uh, we've always believed that it's a part, it's a, it's, it's part of Agenda 21 has been going on since 1998 that we know of on a global level. And we noticed it in uh, our environment, in our, in our skies, up here in, in where we are, uh, back in about 2002. Yeah. Right? 2002. Mm -hmm. uh, we started noticing them. John, John brought it up. Well, yeah. we noticed it, but we didn't understand what it was. I didn't know what it was. And we I, kept I couldn't saying, what understand what's going on up there. Is this? What was going, going on? Crazy. And I then, didn't uh, even know what they were called. I know. And then John uh, presented us with a with a video uh, uh, about chemtrails. That's John Brennan. John Brennan, who you, you've heard uh, on our show. And, uh, you know, he uh, he presented it to us. And we he were explained like, it to us. Well, yeah. And it was, and then, you know, it was like the clouds opened up. You know, the, the, we were like, wow, that's what it is. That's what the hell is going on. And every day since, We've seen it in the skies and trying to tell people and tell people locally and tell we've had meetings with that. We've shown it on videos. We've shown everything. But, you know, people still don't believe you and they think you're crazy. Even though they don't look up, they refuse to even look in the sky. Well, they do. They don't. They look, but they don't see. Well, it's because they're idiotically blind. You know, they're just totally completely well, they don't blind. want to face it. They can't believe that they're being, they're being murdered. Okay. Essentially, all right. And here, this is uh, this this uh, this is uh, this this video might bring things to light a little bit. Population centers with 
aluminium, with barium, and with strontium, so as to reduce people's humidity and reduce the global population. I'm always a little bit suspicious because the government doesn't seem that um, capable to do something on such a large scale. You know? That is not rain, that is not snow. Believe it or not, military aircraft flying through the region is dropping chaff. Small bits of aluminum, sometimes it's made of plastic or uh, even uh, tell-sized paper products, but it's used as an anti-radar issue, and obviously they're up there practicing. Now, they won't confirm that, but I was in the Marine Corps for many years, and I'll tell you right now, that's what it is. And what happens here, military jets don't come out of Key West Air Force Base, and they move off into the atmosphere, and they drop mylar strips. Some could be a little wider. Some are small glass fibers that are coated in aluminum. And what the Air Force does is they take their military jets, and they dump these out of the aircraft. They fall into the atmosphere, and some take as much to a day to fall down. This is inevitably military or something going on. The government, the Air Force, you see this kind of a pattern like this, you can rest assured there's something going on. They're actually little bitty magnetic and little bitty strips of whether it's aluminum. Well, it's a nuisance to you and I to determine what's real and what's not, but it looks like it is a life-saving operation there from the military. The apparent motive behind this conspiracy theory is one world government. Oh, order. Order, I cannot hear. Mr. Speaker, I want to assure the House that both my ministry and my colleague, the Minister of Health, who have received correspondence on this issue, that this conspiracy theory does not have an iota of truth, and that the trails observed from aircraft simply come from jet engines. <laughs> and I think what an appalling example it is of the new foreign affairs spokesperson for the Labour Party that she's spreading conspiracy Order. theories Order. about the United States Order. government. Mr. House, is sufficient? It is called geoengineering, fighting global warming by putting a chemical dust in the atmosphere and reflecting harmful radiation back into space. We take geoengineering to mean deliberate, large-scale intervention in the Earth's system. There are a variety of schemes that have been discussed for geoengineering. Uh, classic example is uh, injecting reflecting particles into Earth orbit. Nevertheless, there might be some good reason to think about aluminum. It turns out, first of all, there's been a lot of work on the environmental consequences of aluminum in the stratosphere. The big deal, really, is that aluminum has four times the volumetric rate of forcing of small particles, as does sulfur. And that means you have four times less surface area for the same rate of forcing, and this is a much bigger deal. You have roughly 16 times less the coagulation rate, and that's the thing that really drives removal. So you could get away, we think, with much smaller mass flux. So that's why we see things like in the uh, used aircraft patents from the 89, they talk about aluminum. And that's why we're seeing in the surface water samples aluminum. And here's David Keith saying uh, that aluminum has four times the reflective uh, volume surface area. So they'd like us to think that we're talking about sulfur, but here they slipped up and let it out that uh, aluminum is four times better to achieving their ends, and it sounds like it's really cool when they don't want us to know the effects of it. Mm. The little picture is from a nanofabrication study, which shows you can make very high-quality, and do this in just a jet in a very simple way, make high-quality aluminum particles just by spraying aluminum vapor out, which oxidizes. So it's certainly, in principle, possible to do that. There's a big literature that's already looked at that. And you could do that by either building new versions of these aircraft or even re-engineering existing aircraft. So there's some idea of that. You go to an engineering firm and you want this done. They don't say this is hard or unusual. They say, okay, yes, we could do it. Aerosol geoengineering looks like it is so cheap that the cost is basically not going to be an issue. That means that implementation decisions will be risk-to-risk -risk decisions. The risk of doing it against the risk of not doing it. And it makes the problem of how we govern it fundamentally harder and different than normal. So I've told you this, cheap to deliver materials to stratosphere, and I'm convinced that's true. I don't think that will change. But I think the more we do research, the less easy this will look, the more complicated the environmental effects will look. And that's a good thing, because right now it looks too easy. So I think that if we do more research, we're likely to find out that it's harder and more complicated than we thought, and that the side effects are harder to manage. And that's a healthy outcome that will make it easier to do the management. Of course, the opposite reaction is possible an empirical question how people will actually react to knowledge about this. Another reaction is to say, if these crazy scientists are so concerned about putting CO2 in the atmosphere, they want to think about these things, and then that actually means we should be more serious about the risk of CO2 in the atmosphere. And by the way, it's not really a moral hazard. It's more like free riding on our grandkids. And by okay.
there's one more that I, I, I came up with that I, kind of amazed me. Mm -hmm. It was Edward Snowden uncovers the shocking truth behind chemtrail and FEMA. Okay. Let me, let me just go to that yeah, one. Yeah, quickly get the point in there. I had somebody, uh, somebody in my circle send me a uh, link today on some something very interesting that uh, a lot of us talk about. So I wanted to uh, go into it a little bit with you and share the link with you also and kind of discuss what I believe is really, really behind all this. Um, so this guy, this the, the NSA leaker Snowden that we all know about, he... Uh, claims to uncovered a shocking truth behind chemtrails, what they're really all about. So it says here that uh, Edward Snowden, the hacker who gained access to every secret corner of the Internet during his tenure at the NSA, has come forward with details of a classified project to alter the world's climate. Hmm. Well, the shocking truth, as he says, is that chemtrails are part of a, part of a benevolent program aimed at countering global warming by cooperating in secret with jet fuel manufacturers. Now that part, I, I can kind of believe that. Uh, government agents have carefully kept the massive chemtrail efforts completely under wraps. Well, except for us seeing them every day over our head. Yeah. Uh, so Snowden added, I am only revealing this program because there is no oversight in the scientific community, no public discussion and little concern for the side effects which are well known only to a few privileged people interested in continuing the decades-long chemtrail program in secret. Well, that's kind of funny to me. He says, I'm only revealing this program because there's no oversight. So otherwise, if there was a lot of oversight, he wouldn't even be... Uh, uh, anyway, let's continue. According to Snowden, chemtrails are the only thing keeping the U.S. from global warming and incineration. But at what price? Global warming and incineration. Now, that brings to mind, you know, the, I'll go into that in a second. Hold on, because there's more. Because climate change is a threat to U.S. agriculture, what I was just about to say. It has been labeled a national security issue, but it hasn't been labeled publicly, obviously. Well, wait a minute. Climate change has global warming, da 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 with the influence and cooperation of Monsanto, yeah, a secret geoengineering lab dubbed MUD-DIB has been operating since the late 1960s and the chem chemtrail program is often referred to by insiders as its crown jewel. MUD-DIB has aimed to protect North America's climate at all costs, even if that means accelerating desertification in sub-Saharan Africa, or spreading trace amounts of carcinogens over lightly populated areas. Other side effects which scientists at the secret Wadid geoengineering lab have predicted include droughts in the Amazon and powerful windstorms along the East Coast. Sounds like FEMA Region 3 there, don't it? Mm. Look at Superstorm Sandy. Yeah. So maybe that's what all the preparations are going on over there in uh, FEMA Region 3 because they know that this year's storms, like when Sandy come through, it's going to be something else, maybe mega. And then we have the whole debate about, um, well, why would they put the supplies in FEMA Region 3? Why would they have all the troops stationed there? Because in the case of a storm or superstorm Sandy, then it would be accessible right away. Maybe they have them in bunkers or something like that over there so that it's accessible to the public and people as an emergency call for it. So anyway, let's continue. Uh, Snowden shared decisive documents with the Internet Chronicle, but out of concern for national security, only his testimonial can be published. These documents contain references to scientists who would surely be targeted by foreign counterintelligence, and their knowledge is vital to short-term survival of the United States. Hmm. Snowden said, if this program were to stop, 
The scientists behind it strongly believe that within just one year, the North American climate would spiral out of control and crop failures would lead to a series of devastating famines that would quickly depopulate urban centers. So let's, let's think about this for a minute. If you have, if chemtrailing is supposedly, and I've heard this over and over in, all, in many circles, um, I've been in on it, everybody knows that they believe it's the Illuminati who are in a depopulation plan and that's what they're using the chemtrails for to just spray us and kill us all, slowly. But this is claiming that if they don't spray uh, within just one year, the North American climate would spiral out of control and crop failures would lead to a series of devastating famines. Which, let's, let's look at this now. I want to pull another link up here. I'm going to put this one in here for you, too. Um, I, for you people out there in the older generation than mine, there was a time in between in the 1930s, I think it was like 1931 to 1939, that's all right here. Um, they called it the Dust Bowl, the Dirty Thirties. Um, the Dust Bowl, also known as the Dirty Thirties, was a period of severe dust storms that greatly damaged the ecology and agriculture of the American and Canadian prairies during the 1930s. Severe drought and a failure to apply dryland farming methods to prevent wind erosion caused the phenomenon. Okay, so maybe all this time, what if, you know, they're, so they're trying to control the climate because they don't need another 10-year spread of that. With our population and demand of food in the United States, not only in the United States, but across the world, our demand for food, if they, if they wasn't chemtrailing at this time, from what they're claiming, if they were not chemtrailing, uh, then there you go our climate would spiral out of control. So, now you got to add in peak oil, okay? And I'm not saying there's no oil left, so let's not get out there. And hydrofracking is not the same thing, so please. This guy goes a little far, far but the, the thing is, is that, um, you know, like I said, if this program were to stop, in geoengineering, the scientists behind it strongly believe that within just one year, the North American climate would spiral out of control, and crop failures would lead to a series of devastating famines that could quickly depopulate urban centers. Now, you can go check this on YouTube. Uh, Tom Wishes spells uh, Snowden uncovers shocking truth behind chemtrails. FEMA. Yes, folks. So, you know, based on that information. Um, it's kind of freaky, you know? I would kind say so. Yeah, we've been, I mean, we, we have been talking about this for years, and we just can't seem to, I don't know, we just can't seem to um, convince enough people. But uh, fortunately, there's enough people that are coming out, there are millions and millions and millions of people who are starting to say, hey, guess what? Yeah, look at the stair, look at the sky, my, my, my. Right? Um, there's plenty of, just go to YouTube and check out the Chemtrail videos. There's many, many, many of them. Um, and you'll be quite surprised at what you learn. Um, anyway. Um, getting off the Chemtrail issue, what, why don't we... Uh, we can go for a quick music break, but um, I'd like to come back. There's something came up uh, about premiums, uh, insurance premiums skyrocketing under Obamacare now. Okay, and I'd like to discuss the uh, one of Obama's uh, latest things. It's called the NDAA. Okay, do you know what the NDAA is and what it does to you? Um, this is the most frightening thing, frightening bill that, he, that he's passed. This happened in, uh, he did this on uh, in, on December of 2011, believe it or not. He signed the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act, Section 1021. Now, this act allows for the president to detain anyone he wants for any reason he wants without a trial, without a lawyer, 
without ever seeing any family member again and to be held anywhere in the world indefinitely. That's what that is. Amazing, huh? <laughs> Absolutely amazing. But, um, well, we don't know how many people have already been picked up and taken off. You know, we don't know. And we ever will. Uh, let us go to a uh, quick uh, music break and we'll be right back.
have to wait a couple of seconds so yeah. before I can so start it. And we'll let it go right to the end of the show. It's an interesting... Yeah, it's about 15 minutes, but it's, it's fascinating. It's about uh, holographs, uh, but the technology that we can get that can create holographs in... Part of it's about that. ...in the sky, okay? And why? And why would they would want to do it. And, uh, and they have that ability right now, folks. When I say they, I mean the government, NASA. Oh, do you want to play it on there? Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Right there. Okay. There it is. All right. We'll play this. All right. Uh, let's go. All right. There we go. <laughs> NASA Blue Beam uh, Project. Serge Monas and another journalist, both of whom were researching Project Blue, Blue Beam, died of a heart attack within weeks of each other, although neither had a history of heart disease. Right. Serge Monas was a journalist uh, for the International Free Press in Canada. Project has four different steps in order to implement the New Age religion with the Antichrist at its head. The first step in the NASA Blue Beam Project concerns the breakdown of all religions. It deals with the setup with artificially created earthquakes at certain precise locations on the planet where supposedly new discoveries will finally explain to all the people, the era of fundamental religious doctrine. The falsification of this information will be used to make all nations believe that their religious doctrines have been misunderstood and misinterpreted for centuries. This is the first preparation for the plan for humanity because what they want is to destroy the beliefs of all Christian and Muslims on the planet. We have the technology to create earthquakes and modify weather right now. The blueprint for HARP, High Frequency Active Auroral Research Program. What does HARP do? HARP is, is a large antenna where we beam radio frequency energy up into the upper atmosphere, so we can be at a small scale what the sun normally does. The assignment came that the Navy and the Air Force were to manage the program. Applications uh, discussed in the patents included destroying missiles. Communications, control, and disruption were included. There were some other ideas, both to possibly modify weather, and finally uh, to lift a portion of the upper atmosphere further out into space where hopefully it would be able to deflect missile trajectories. In 1983, I did radio tomography with 30 watts looking for oil in the ground. I found 26 oil wells over a nine-state area, and 100% of the time was accurate, which is 30 watts of power beaming straight into solid rock. HARP uses a billion watts beam straight into the ionosphere for experiments. Picture these strings on the piano as layers of the earth. Each one has its own frequency. What we used to do is beam radio waves into the ground, and it would vibrate any strings that were present in the ground. We might get a sound back like, and we'd say, that's natural gas. We might get a sound back like, and we'd say, that's crude oil we were able to identify each frequency. We accomplished this with just 30 watts of radio power. If you do this with a billion watts, the vibrations are so violent that the entire piano would shake. In fact, the whole house would shake. In fact, the vibrations could be so severe underground 
This will monitor her brain waves. When these electric coils attached on either side of her head will immerse her brain in an electromagnetic field. Her brain actually completes the circuit between the two coils. The field pulsing through her brain is less powerful than one given off by a digital clock radio. But acutely controlled and focused at specific parts of the brain, it will open Denise's mind to outside suggestion by this man. Dr. Michael Persinger is a professor of psychology and neuroscience. He is designing ways to put the power of mind control to good use. Dr. Persinger's research focuses on brain trauma. And he uses carefully controlled doses of electromagnetic radiation to induce relaxation and alleviate pain. So uh, what Sandra did was to initiate a opiate-releasing pattern that's a burst-firing field that um, is stimulated once every four seconds. And that produces relaxation and a very pleasant sensation. Uh, similarly, using the appropriate field, we can induce fear and apprehension, but clearly that would be unethical in that setting. Dr. Persinger's tests suggest that carefully programmed electromagnetic frequencies can tap into individual brains and influence people's emotions. The cognitive processes of the human brain are really quite simple. And if you understand how they work, you can make entire populations think and decide uh, the manner in which you wish. Many experts are skeptical of such an Orwellian scenario, but Persinger thinks the implications are chillingly real. Suppose you generate a field that produces fear, fundamental fear, in large numbers of people. But then, over the television, more traditional way. Well, perhaps by a holographic image in the sky? If you say, the reason we're having this fear is because of this particular group. But now you start to move the population believing in a direction that you wish. To influence 250 million people, the equivalent of the entire population of the United States, may not be that difficult. According to Dr. Persinger, we already have the technology, satellites and television, and radio transmitters. Mind control may already be happening. We know the mysterious PSYOPs plane can beam persuasive sounds and pictures into people's television sets. Will it someday beam disturbing frequencies directly into the mind? Mind control will be the ultimate non-lethal weapon. and all the nations will come together and 
collectively come together as a trick. Like a war of the worlds. Yeah, like a war of the worlds. Right. It's all going to be a trick, you think. Right. It's all going to be planned. And I thought, well, wait a minute. If you're going to get the little love and intelligent people in this world, and governments are not stupid, so if they're going, if you're going to pull off something like that, it better look good. Mm-hmm. Because it's going to be Absolutely. right. It better look good and very Absolutely. realistic. I have then said, I don't. I can look at the same facts that he's stating and come up with a different conclusion. I'm of the opinion that very well possibly there's going to be an alien invasion. And the government knows it. Right. And consequently, they are trying to prepare the people so that they don't react. Uh, because that was, as far as I'm concerned, that was a CIA operation when Orson Welles back in the late 30s, 38, 39, did that War of the World thing mm-hmm. on radio. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the CIA was involved in that. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to see how the people will react if you, if the people really thought that there was an alien invasion from another world. Mm-hmm. It was called uh, War of the Worlds right. with uh, Orison Welles. And people went berserk. Well, I don't think they're going to go berserk today. Mm-hmm. I think too many people in this world have already had experiences. They know something is up. But uh, again, I would say I'm thinking that there very well might be a legitimate invasion soon. Mm-hmm. The second is to make the second stage is to make uh, the Christians believe that a major rapture is occurring with a simple plead divine intervention of an alleged good alien force coming to save the good people from a brutal satanic attack. This is all revelation. Its goal is to get rid of all significant opposition to the New World Order. On May 13, 2008, Jesuit Father Jose director of the Vatican Observatory, came out with the statement, aliens are our brother, among other things. I will quote a couple of parts that set the stage for Blue Bean perfectly. We who belong to the human race could really be that lost sheep, the sinner, who need a pastor, he said. God became man in Jesus in order to save us, so if there are also other intelligent beings, it's not a given that they need redemption. They might have remained in full friendship with their creator, he said. Peace everywhere at any cost, even at the 